You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on the Brand Boost Podcast, powered by Zoom. This person joining me today, very close to my heart, longtime internet friends, Miss Danny Johnson is here. Hello, Danny J. Hey, hey, darling. Hey, we've met in real life now too. So we're like, no, I know, I know, but like we go way back in internet years. We like, do. <laughs> so and you know, internet years are are significant. So th- yes, we have met in person. Let's talk about that very quickly because uh, we had a, a lovely breakfast together during the hot second that I had available before leaving town. And you were like, I'm coming to get you. But we also went and toured the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Together. We did. That was super cool. And my, so cool. my husband is still very jealous that I got to go because he's a super football fan, not a Cowboys fan, but a football fan. So the funny thing about men, though, is when I I buy a shot glass everywhere I go everywhere. Uh-huh. Like I'm going to have a shot glass. And actually now it's becoming like a, a chronic traveler issue where I'm, I feel like I'm growing out of the shot glass. And I also need like a Christmas ornament and magnets and coffee mugs. So, um, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, but I bought a cowboy's shot glass. Cause I was oh like, God. this is cool. There's like that blue star on it and stuff, you know, football. Cool. And, <laughs> and I was like, brought it home. And then like all the men want to say something about it now. They're like, Oh, you're a Cowboys fan. I'm like, <laughs> No, I sat in Tony Romo's locker. Like that's all that this means. That's it. So, but that was so much fun. Shout out to Michael O'Neill from the solopreneur hour, because he put that event on after podcast movement, which the, it was the first podcast movement from a few years ago, um, where I was like, Danny, come, come do this tour with me. It's so much fun. So yes, it was super uh, cool. And uh, yeah, I would say this. I'm not a football fan. Gro- um, growing up, my dad wasn't into sports. Mm-mm. But if I were to choose teams, I would choose them based on their colors and their logo. So my favorite is the Cowboys because I've got star tattoos. I like stars. Yeah. I would be a Cowboys fan if it were just based on colors and logos. So, But the funny thing is, uh, <laughs> let's talk about you personally, because the reason that worked out is because you were living close by yes. at the time. Like you yeah. were, you, I don't know if you were like in Dallas proper, but like you were in the vicinity. Yeah. And, um, you're not anymore. Um, where do you live? Okay. Yeah. So I think when I saw you, we were living in Dallas Yeah. and then we moved into an RV for about a year and we traveled around the country and we were all over. In fact, we missed Columbus because it got too cold. We were heading down, like trying to get out of the East coast by winter and winter came early last year. But, um, then we stayed in, we went back to Dallas for a few months in the RV. And then in July, we just moved to Southern Utah. We're actually living at my grandmother's house. She, um, lives alone and she's got a lot of animals. She's got 12 chickens, some horses, goats, <laughs> dogs. And so and we're she's like, come on, two more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it's just a lot for one person to handle. She's got quite a bit of property. So we're oh, here wow. helping her out. My husband helps with with feeding the animals and we collect the eggs. And so we're, we're just helping her out for a little while. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I'm going to get more into what you do, but I just, I love this because that was the last time I saw you. And that was what, like 2014, I think, uh, mid 2014. Yeah. So how long were you actually just in the RV? Let's see. Well, we moved in, in August 1st, 2014. And then we actually moved here July. So it was about a year. And actually, even while we were here in Utah for a little while, we didn't have a bed. So we kept stay. we'd stay out 
on the, in the driveway and we just still lived out there. So we finally moved into the house, <laughs> but awesome. we stayed out there till probably about a month and a half ago when it got really cold. And then somebody bought us a bed. So we're like, Oh, thanks. Aww, that's but, so nice. You know, we kind of enjoyed it. Cause it's like our own little apartment to get away, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and well, and it became home after a year, right? Totally. Like it was home. So, you know, we still like to go out there to get our get away <laughs> to get away. Yeah. Okay. So, so we will get more into this conversation about like, uh, why did Danny and her husband move into an RV? But, yeah. um, first let's kind of go back a little bit. Uh Oh, I got a little delay. Like I said, we've known each other a long time. Oh no. Am I the only one here? All I see is me. I'm just going to sit here until Amy's back. You can hear only me. Amy's gone. Okay, cool. I thought it was just me. I'm like, maybe my internet's bad. <laughs> okay. Amy's gone. I'm here. Awesome. All right. Amy left her own show. Well, I guess we'll just chat. So I'll tell you how we met. I started following. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> I know I'll interview myself. <laughs> um, I have no idea what just happened. Did the recording ever pause? No, it still says it's recording. Okay. Okay. Cause I thought I paused it, but it turned out like I was the one that got kicked out. Not you. I was like, where <laughs> did you like, go? I was like, she froze and now she's gone. And so I thought everybody could still see you and it was just my internet, but yeah. they're like, you're still here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Cause it told me you were up. It was, I got, I saw a screen that I've never seen before. It said you were behind a firewall and you got kicked out or something. I was like, what just happened? Well, um, okay. <laughs> Special note to Cody that we should crop this part out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so I don't know what the last thing you heard me say was, but you just started, uh, explaining. Okay. Let me yeah. just start explaining again. So from what I remember in terms of like how we met, which it was so long ago, I don't really remember, but I know it had a lot to do with sweaty buddies. Yeah. So can you talk about what sweaty buddies was and is, and sort of explain where um, that took you into the social media realm? Because it actually turned out to be demand from that community that you grew that got you even into the social media marketing space a little bit. Yeah. So my background was personal training. My husband and I had a personal training studio in Las Vegas and I started doing the whole fitness competition thing. So I was doing bikini competitions and that kind of stuff. And so you tend to start to post a lot of pictures online, like you're proud of your body. So I was posting lots of pictures and I started to get quite a little following from people who went to these shows to watch and also just from other women who just wanted advice and tips on training. And so since I was a trainer, I just started to give that advice. I'd give tips on how to eat and what I did to train. And so let's see, I started on MySpace. So that's Yay. about where it was. Now so, we have context of time. <laughs> so I, I had this like MySpace following. And then of course, Facebook came along. And I remember I was even telling my husband the other day, I remember when I was going back and forth, I'd check both. And then soon it just like, I do less and less of my space. And soon I forgot about it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I still have a profile. And I did check on that profile like a year ago and I was so embarrassed, but that's another story. <laughs> Aren't we? So, all? <laughs> so I started just 
building a following. And I had this page, it was basically called Danny J fitness model, blah, blah, blah. It was like this long thing. And I had about 10,000 followers on there. And I met another girl online, another trainer, and we decided to create something together. We started to just kind of see what was happening in the fitness industry. There was lots of bad marketing, people selling products that didn't work, people selling quick fixes. And I was like, I just wanted to put all that stuff on blast because it didn't work. And that's not what I did to get to where I was. And they used people with images like mine or somebody who had a body who competed and say that they used this product. And I'm like, no, they didn't. So we created the Sweaty Betties together. And the Sweaty Betties just blew up. We, I mean, honestly, we did it right. We had a logo. We got some great photos. You know, we really had a good marketing look behind us. And so my 10,000 fans, which I thought was great, we went mm-hmm. to like 25,000 fans when we started Sweaty Betties in about three and a half months. Wow. So we grew very rapidly. People were really excited about the brand. We started selling merchandise after the first month. Our, our um, tagline was, don't be a bitch. And people mm-hmm. love that. And I remember discussing that going, can we say that? Like, can we say bad words? And so we kind of asked the fans and they're like, yes. And we're like, would you buy a shirt that says, don't be a bitch. And suddenly we, we were already selling things. We didn't even have, we didn't have a product out. We didn't have anything. We just had a brand and we kind of decided we wanted to build the brand first and then we'd sell products. So we were, mm-hmm. our goal was kind of to get 30 to 40,000 fans. And then we were going to sell something to them. So we weren't too concerned about what we were going to make. We kind of had a general idea. It was going to be around health and fitness products and programs. Long story short, the partnership split. I kept the Sweaty Buddies and I kind of had to shift to where the Sweaty Buddies wasn't about us too, but it was the fans. So I started calling the fans Sweaty Buddies. I'm like, hey, Sweaty Mm -hmm. Buddies, this is Danny J. Mm -hmm. And um, it just continued to grow. And I did online like group programs, weight loss programs. But about a year into it, I started to get a lot more other trainers and other fitness professionals inboxing me saying, how the hell are you growing so much? Like, what are you doing? And I, I had a conversation with my girlfriend who's on YouTube, Beck's, uh, Beck's Life. And she had the same thing. People were asking her, how's she growing? And I'm like, you're charging, right? And she's like, well, not really. And I was like, well, we should put something together because I'm really Mm -hmm. good on Facebook. You're really good on YouTube. Both of us were getting brands and sponsorships and things like that. And I think it came naturally to us. Like, I think marketing really comes naturally to you as well. Some people, some of the things that I just did, like I started, I didn't even realize that I was marketing. I just was doing what felt right. Like asking Mm -hmm. my audience what they wanted and communicating with them and then creating things around what they needed. And so I started to follow other marketers. And I think that's how I found you. And I was like, everybody I follow, I'm like, well, duh, doesn't everybody know that like, that's what I'm doing. And so it just came, became like a well, duh to me, but I realized yeah. it's not for everybody. And so mm-hmm. Rebecca and I started a course called Social, uh, Social Academy. And it's basically all uh, social media and how to build yourself as a star or something on social media and also to work with brands and be able to get paid for that, like to be paid to be you. So we started that and that's just was kind of like a side thing of still doing sweaty buddies. Yeah. And then over the last year, especially with the RV thing and moving, and I think there was just a lot of things that opened up to me and conversations I wanted to have. I felt really limited by sweaty buddies because I felt like I could only, if I talked outside of fitness, some people would Mm -hmm. get mad. What the heck? Hold on. Can you hear my phone ringing in my ear? 
Okay, no. cool. I could hear. It. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That's the worst though. I hate when that happens. I'm like, there's my phone. Cause now it's connected to the computer. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's loud. <laughs> so yeah, so I decided to rebrand. I was very scared about it because, you know, I built everything around Sweaty Betty's. What if people don't know who I am? Right. And I'm not an expert. Like they've known me as a fitness expert, but I was tired of talking about fitness because I thought there was bigger issues. So this summer I just rebranded everything is dannyj.com. And that way I can talk about more things because I found a lot of my clients or people coming to me, there was a lot of money issues. And that's what we're going to talk about, Yeah, which was I'd have people coming to me. They said, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. But when you dug deeper, it was, they didn't really need to lose the weight because they knew what to do. They needed to fix their relationships with their spouse. They needed to have a conversation, like hard conversations with family. They were in massive debt. And I found a lot of my binge eaters were also in a lot of debt. And mm. so I started to do some just digging around money and money and entrepreneurship and money and just relationships. There's so many ties that money has into like all aspects of our life that I wanted to talk more about it. So yeah, Danny J it is. And I think that's so great because so many times do I have uh, a brand come to me, um, obviously a small personal brand saying, I really have all these ideas. I have all these passions. I have all these things that I want to talk about, but I feel like they don't fit together. You have taken marketing, finance, and fitness and freedom, really, I mean, and put it into one brand. So that alone is really motivating. And I think a lot of people need to hear that, that oftentimes it's the best way to differentiate yourself is to kind of hodgepodge all these things together and show why they do fit. What was happening other than maybe talking to your clients or was that really the only thing that made you go, um, I need to talk about money more? I think we do uh, talk about money a lot in entrepreneurship, but I don't know if we really touch on the things that people are actually thinking about. Like, um, well, I have all this personal debt while I'm also in business for myself. How is it different? How is it the same? How are they affecting each other? Um, and what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? I think it's it's an important issue that isn't being talked about as much. Uh, yeah. But where did that strike you as something that you were like, I want to be the resource on that? Because even though uh, you've built a brand now on marketing and fitness, and now all of a sudden you're going to solve financial problems too. Like what made you go, this is an obvious fit? Yeah. So, I mean, of course it was my clients, but then my personal life as well. So my husband and I, we had Basically, the the economy crashed, as everybody knows, but in certain states and places, it was a lot worse. So in Las Vegas, it was very bad. There was a huge, huge housing bubble burst. And a lot of our clients were trainers and hiring a trainer is a luxury. So when people suddenly don't have money, they're going to not work with us. So I mean, literally in a really short amount of time, our clients were coming to us saying, Hey, my husband just lost his job. I can't work with you anymore. Or we're losing our house. We can't work with you. Or we have to move because our job is gone. So we literally lost like 60% of our income in one month. And suddenly we were faced with losing our own home, filing bankruptcy and trying to figure out what we were going to do. And so that's kind of right. That happened right before the sweaty Betty's happened. And so we ended up moving to Dallas because my husband got a job out there and we filed bankruptcy, but we still had debt. I had student loan debt because that doesn't go away when you file bankruptcy, unfortunately. And I had a master's degree, couldn't get a job. Um, I didn't really want to get a job because I was an entrepreneur, but I was still like, I just need to make money and I need to make it fast. And I was just like struggling. And so after about six months in Dallas, 
I mean, I was just crying. I was about to give up my, I was about to give up sweaty Betty's. I was, I mentioned, I emailed a mentor friend, um, Sean Croxton. He has the underground wellness podcast. And I was like, what do I do? I just feel like I should shut down my page, go work at Starbucks and like just suck up. And I was like thinking I could only work at Starbucks because I had a nose piercing and I can't get a job anymore. (laughs) I was like, wait, why do I also feel the need to work at Starbucks too? (laughs) It has nothing to do with that though. It's just because I love the people and I love going there. So I'm like, I'm just going to quit, put my tail between my legs. I can't make this online business work. Like it was, I was making money, but just not enough. And not enough to like get us out of the hole we had dug or right. that had created by the economy and everything. And I felt like it just wasn't, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. And we, we went to this workshop. I basically charged my credit card, maxed it out to go to this workshop about money. And literally, isn't that ironic, by the yes. way, <laughs> I, I was, just, I just want to make that state. I'm not, I'm not judging at all, but um, one one leader in the in the sort of personal <laughs> finance industry that I have been paying attention to and I think is very extreme in a lot of ways, but very interesting is Dave Ramsey. Yeah. And he literally will not let you pay with a credit card to right. attend his financial peace it's, university. Yes. So that's why I wanted to point that out because you know what? If it's the last thing you pay for on credit, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but it is also a little ironic. Oh, it was totally. I mean, I was reading <laughs> this woman's website. I was scrolling through, reading all the testimonials and they seem so out there. But I was like, if even a portion of this is true, I need to go. Like, I just felt compelled to go. And she happened to be in Dallas and it was like 10 days away. And it was four, uh. It was $400. And I had just, my credit card was maxed out. I had just paid 500 bucks. So I had just cleared some space. And I was like, oh my gosh, should I do this? This is like the stupidest thing. I'm going to max myself out again to go to a thing about getting out of debt. Mm. And I even, I had done this thing and I don't know if you've ever done this, but I kind of set it up where I'm like, okay, if they're sold out, then I'm not meant to go. Like I waited till the last mm. minute, like two days before. And then I called their office. I waited two days before I called their office because I was kind of like, well, if they're sold out, then it just wasn't meant to be. So right. I called and I was like, hey, I just wanted to see if you have any more tickets. And they're like, sure. And I was kind of like, Shit, now we have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of it. I mean, I kind of like left it into fate. I'm like, okay, if it's meant to be, I'll go. That's right. And I went and literally, we just figured it out. After that weekend, I'm like, I have to get my $400 worth. And so once we started to get our finances in order, things started to click with me with my health and fitness. They also started to click with my business where I was actually bringing in more money. My, Mm. like, literally the year before, 2012, we had made $19,000. Like our, I wish I could show you, I need to find my tax returns to show this to people. We made 19,000. 2013, after we had gone to this and just started to fix our stuff, we made 166,000 and became completely debt-free. And so once I figured that out, I was like, people need to know this because I know that people are struggling in their business. I was struggling in my business. Like it was Mm. just not, it was making just enough to eat, but I wasn't enjoying it. But as soon as I figured all this out, I'm like, people need to know. And it affected my health. It affected my relationships. It affected everything. Yeah. So that's kind of where it was. That's, I mean, like that's mega. And I really appreciate you being obviously, so you're obviously very transparent about it. Cause I think that that journey is very important for you to come to the table and say like, no, all of these things do affect each other. And here's why. And the only thing I can really think to compare it to on the simplest level is when they say like, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you not being productive? Try 
cleaning your desk off. And it's funny how doing some one thing in your life that may seem small or maybe it seems big, but it's that one thing and then it ends up affecting everything else that's going on. So I I just wanted to make that comparison because that's why it's so interesting to me that it's like, oh, I um, got out of debt and then therefore like I also was the healthiest and the fittest that I've ever been and and my marriage is thriving and we made this crazy life decision to go live on the road for fun. Like that, that is so interesting to me. So I guess this begs the question, like 19,000 to 166,000. It's like, what were the first steps that you took? Because I think people want to take those steps immediately Yeah, without selling the program you took. (laughs) Yeah, totally. No. And you know what, too? It's funny because a lot of it was honestly, it was common sense. But sometimes we overlook the common sense stuff because we're like, that's too easy. It's kind of like with fitness, people like eat less, exercise more, or just eat better food. Stop putting shit in your mouth. And we're like, no, it has to be a pill. There's got to be a pill that does it. Like, right. like in Oreos. So we, we overcomplicate it. And a lot of it was just really common sense stuff. But honestly, the very first thing we did was I think really looking at what we actually spent because we're in a debit card culture where, I mean, at least for me and most people I know, I don't carry cash. I swipe a debit card everywhere I go. And I actually thought I was saving money by using a debit card. So I'm like, oh, I'm only spending $2. If I had cash and I had a 20, I might spend more. Well, we what we did was we printed out our bank statements and we just highlighted everything we spent and we added it up. And this wow. is what killed me. I swear to you, we were broke. And it turns out we had spent $1,300 in food the month before. $1,300. That was more than our rent. Our rent in Dallas was like seven fifty. I was like... <laughs> I was so embarrassed and shocked because I'm like, you have a dog. Yeah, we have two dogs. <laughs> okay. So, so was it, maybe we can factor in four family members. Like, right. maybe, like, not really, but maybe. so we were, you know, it was just things here. And here's the thing too. I'm like, well, I'm not buying drinks at Starbucks. I'm buying drinks at, at seven 11. It's only a dollar 50 instead of four fifty. Mm. So I was rationalizing all these little purchases, but you don't realize how much they add up a dollar 50 every day. Or I worked from home. So sometimes just to get out and like, you know, it is working from home. Sometimes you just want to get away. So I go to a cafe and I get a salad. Right. My salad's like $10. Well, you spend $10 three days a week, even that's just, it starts to add up. So we look, yeah, it's like, how much could you have paid for office space? Right. <laughs> totally. And it was just the fact that we never really looked at it. We used the debit card. We thought we just, this is what we have. So mm. the first thing we did was look at that and we were like, okay, we need to set a budget for our, our food. And the person I went to, her name was Danny Johnson. The reason I found her was because I was Googling myself. So just so you know, that's the person. That's hilarious. So <laughs> I found her and that's the workshop I went to. And it was very funny, but um, she suggested $20 per person per week for food. And I was like, whoa, that's a little, like that means we would only pay 160 a month for us. And I was like, no. So we decided let's just aim for 250 and like, let's just see what happens. So ultimately that means if we pay 250 and we spent 1300 last month that means we should have $1100 extra next month cuz it's there like somehow it's there. Yeah. yeah. So we did that. The first month I will admit like it was February luckily there's only 28 days we did run out of food <laughs> by like really. the 22nd we ran out of food mm. but we learned like what we could do. So we had to start meal plan. And then this was what was crazy. Things just started happening. Literally the day we ran out of food, my friend worked for a company um, 
that sells like pre-made meals. And she's like, Hey, we have all these extra meals. Do you want to come get them? And I was like, Holy crap, this is crazy because we just ran out of food today. And so it got us to the end of the month to hit our budget the next month. And just things like that started happening. And one of the things I learned, and this became my mantra was if you're faithful with the little things, you'll be made ruler over much. And I teach this even to my social academy people is if you have, like, I see too many people worried about, well, I only have 20 customers or only have a hundred Facebook fans. If you aren't faithful with those hundred fans and treat them so fantastic, why do you deserve to have a thousand fans or a hundred thousand fans? Absolutely. And if you don't have, like, I just, if you're faithful with the little things that we made ruler over much. And that was one of the biggest things I took away out of that whole thing is be faithful with the small things. So if I'm not faithful with my little coffees and my money, it's just going to disappear. So I had to learn. I just got really focused on being faithful with that food money and just going, Mm -hmm. okay, here's our budget. We're not going to go crazy. And suddenly things like that happened. Friends showed up at the last minute, like, Hey, let me take you to dinner. I'm like, cool. Cause I don't have any food tonight. I'm like, it's the 27th and I'm not paying myself to the first. I've got three days left and I don't know what I'm going to eat. And, and just things started happening as I became faithful. And then things started happening with my business. Like I got this, this idea in March to take a program that I had done on a different platform, move it over to Facebook. I had done this, this group program. I built this entire platform to do a membership site, $27 a month, could hardly get anybody to buy it, moved it to Facebook, changed it to $99 a month. And I made five grand. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. But I mean, just things started happening as I became faithful with what I was doing. Like you said, cleaning your desk and suddenly you have more space. Mm. I'm writing a book and I saw you are too on Snapchat. It's called lose the clutter, lose the pounds, find the money. Oh, that's sexy. And doing moving into the RV and losing the clutter, I found how that just helps with your life too. So if you're struggling with your business, you've got to look at what you're doing with the small things. What are you doing with your one client that you have? Are you giving the best customer service? Are you giving the best to them? Um, what are you doing with your finances? Are you spending frivolously? Like, are you being faithful with those little things? And then what is your space like? Is mm-hmm. there too much clutter? Is there things you can sell? Like if you're struggling, what we did was we started to sell stuff. We're like, wait a second. We have a lot of crap that we're not using. We started to sell it. That paid off more debt, but then it also created more space for more. I think you have to create space for abundance. And if your life is full, fill with stuff, there's no room for more, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I guess before I move on to sort of like the relation between this and the business a little bit more... Um, can you talk about like you figured out how to cut costs? So then what was the aggression plan with your debt itself? I mean, you can easily just say like, oh, anything extra we have, we'll just pay down on the debt. Or was it a little bit more strategic than that? This is the payment. And therefore we're going to do 2X or 3X that every month or, or whatever that whatever that actually looks like. How did you do that in a way that it was like very clear what you were doing and you yeah. couldn't waver? Yeah. No, it was super clear. So basically, I mean, we, Danny calls it the fat, finding the fat in your budget. So basically we found initially 1200 in fat that we were using on food. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately I was doing a social media gig for somebody on the side and he was paying me 2,500 a month. Mm-hmm. And I realized that we looked at our actual expenses. Like we said, okay, here's our rent. Here's our cell phone bills. Here's our gas we could actually live off of my husband's income, even though we were both working and we were spending everything we made. So we took everything I made and put it on the debt. 
Wow. And so when I got that extra $5,000 and I thought of that, that was like, bam, on everything we made. It extra, had its place. It yeah. immediately had its place. We were like, if we can live off of what you're making, what are we doing with my money? Mm. Like, it just makes no sense. Now for a single person, that's obviously going to be a little different, but you need to write out exactly what are your living expenses? Like, what do you actually need? And then also give yourself an amount for food because food I have found almost across the board is where people overspend. It's, it's where they overspend and then they're depressed. They have no money. So yeah. they keep eating food and then they get fat and they're depressed. So they keep eating. I mean, and you just spend more money on food. I mean, totally. it's so insane how, how the worlds end up coming together. And I actually don't think it's that different for a single person because the only difference is that there's two of you. So the two of you have to be on the same page. That's yes. like the biggest, that's the biggest thing. If I've learned anything, money is such an uncomfortable topic that it is driving divorce anywhere really, yeah. but definitely in this country. And uh, for you to not be on the same page is the biggest factor because the reality is you have X amount of money coming in, no matter where it's coming, coming in from it's X and yeah. expenses are Y. So that's it. And it, it just ended up being that you completely overlooked that all of your income happened to be expendable because it was <laughs> so crazy. I, I mean, that's nuts. So how does somebody who is dealing with um, this process in their personal life separate what the business side of things looks like? So hopefully, you know, you're, you go into business for yourself because maybe in your situation, you were trying to attack this really big problem in your personal life. And you do have the ability to scale time more when you work for yourself and decide how much it's going to cost to get work from uh, you. Yeah. So rather than going and getting a job that's deciding what your salary is and the number of hours and whatever, and you're only going to have so much control there, it can be advantageous or really is to work for yourself and be able to attack that in your personal life. But then how do you stop yourself from having that problem happen on the business side if you were irresponsible on the personal side? That has to be something that is a problem because I can't imagine that if you could be frivolous on one side, you could be completely structured on the other and then not have one be affected oh, the totally. same way. Well, you know, I think it came down to that mantra of faithful with the little things. Cause I totally was the same in my business too. That's why it was struggling. I was getting upset that I wasn't growing fast enough. I was getting pissed that I wasn't making enough money. It was like, instead of being, instead of being grateful for what I had, instead of being grateful for the 2,500 I had coming in, I was mad that I wasn't more. And I think it comes down to a mindset. You have to really look at where you are, be extremely grateful and faithful with what you're doing and what you have. Because if you're just think about like, if you were a parent and I'm not, but if I had a kid who I gave a brand new phone to and they busted it and then they're begging me for an iPad, I'm going to go, no, you can't take care of your stuff. So whether you're religious or not, just in a general sense, like sure. why would God or the universe or anyone give you more if you're already bitching about what you have? And I see mm. too many entrepreneurs saying, I'm like, and coaching clients. And I have lots of clients who are entrepreneurs who are coming to me. They're like, I'm not getting enough. I'm not doing enough. People are, are nickel and diming me. I'm like, well, are you nickel and diming people? Whatever you reap, you're going to sow as well. So if nobody's buying your program, have you ever bought someone else's program? Um, nobody's commenting on your Facebook page. Have you ever commented on anyone's Facebook page? Do you ever comment and like, and share other people's stuff? If you're mad, people aren't doing that to you. Are you mm. doing that? And so that whole faithful with the little things on my money also went to my business. And I realized I was doing a lot of shitty things. I was being really negative towards my clients. I was being really negative, not because, um, they, they were great clients, but I wanted more. It's mm -hmm. like, if, if you've ever showed up, let's say like even on a Periscope or something, 
instead of like, maybe there's 10 people and you're like, Oh, there's only 10 people here. Well, that's okay. I'll just talk to you guys. Instead of going, Oh my gosh, thank you guys for showing up and giving me your time. Like if you, I detest detest that when there's like nobody there and it, and you're like, Oh, nobody is apparently 15 people. That's 15 people in the same room as me is not nobody. It's like, introvert wants to go back to her bedroom now. Like, <laughs> right, right. No, like that's a lot of people. It doesn't have to be hundreds and thousands of people. It yes. doesn't. And that's such a good point. It's all about the energy that you put out. It doesn't matter like what, like how you consider this, whether it's spiritual or faithful or not at all. It's literally just whatever you want, you can get back, yep. but you have to do it first. You have to initiate. And that's really, you know, why we talk about being a connector and why being a connector is so important because yes. the more you reach out, and want to help people, the more they're going to know you and think, how can you help me as well? So it's all about putting that energy out into the world and, and, and how if you do that, then you become better known in the future for that to come back to you. So it's so crazy how all of these dots end up becoming connected because we, we go from, uh, fitness to money, to social, to just overall, like better life, health, like everything, it comes down to, the life and the the fad with entrepreneurship right now is life lifestyle design. Yes. We all want to be able to design our lives around the business and or or the job, whatever the case may be, and not the other way around. So if that's the case, it's a lot of work, and you have to put out what you want back, Absolutely. and that's hard for people to get. I think it's it's like lack of patience, but also we set ourselves up to like compare ourselves to Amy. Well, I saw you, I subscribed to you and you had like 12 or 1500 subscribers on YouTube. So people are looking at you now with however many, 40, 50,000 and all of these things going, well, I don't have as much, so I can't make an impact. Amy was busted. She was doing three days a week when nobody was watching. (laughs) I, and that's why I messaged her. I think I got on your email list or something. And I was like, Hey, you are like amazing. And I know like, you don't have a big audience right now. Cause I had a bigger audience than you at the time. Um, and I was like, the, people need to know about this girl. And so I was talking her up to my social Academy. I was telling people go get on her list because she was doing it, even though she didn't have, she was a star in her own mind. She had the authority in her own mind before it actually showed up. And you have, you have to do that. And I think too many entrepreneurs get in and they're like, well, I can't succeed. Cause I don't have that many followers. I can't succeed. And I'm like, I didn't have this many followers all the time. I didn't have all of this knowledge. You have to start somewhere. We all started with nothing, Mm -hmm. but you have to be so faithful with those beginning people. Because if you were a jerk at the beginning, or if you were like, forget it, I only have 1500 people watching me and nobody cares and nobody's commenting, I'm just going to quit. You wouldn't be where you are today. And so it's just, it's an amazing example, but it's the same thing with our money. It disappears if you're not faithful with it. So it so goes together with our business our finances, our food, all of it. It's just, it's so crazy how it linked. And that's why I just, that's why I just couldn't do fitness anymore. I'm like, I got to tell people about all of this. It's like, (laughs) let me tell you how to fix your life right now. because It includes all of these things. I I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for those props. I I really, really appreciate that. And I I do remember that. I do remember you reaching out and saying, I love what you're doing. And I clicked to find out more about you. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is cool. Like she's definitely got a little rally going on. And, And that was a really great thing. And it's because of things like that, that you also have the cool stuff happening in your life as 
as well and in your business. So congratulations to you, Danny. I'm so excited that you're writing a book too. We should have like book writing parties or something where we don't talk to each other, but we just like say, okay, come back in an hour and let me know how many words you got done. (laughs) Um, I would love it if everybody could find out more about, uh, do you have like a resource that people can go and check out so that they can get started on your email list and on the path to a debt-free life so they can have a successful business? Absolutely. So two things, we just wrapped up Find the Money Project, which was super, super fun. I'm going to... It was so amazing. We did a whole month of basically all these tips. Mm-hmm. But if you want to find out more about that stuff, go to findthemoneyproject.com before I pull it down today. What was the challenge there? So basically the challenge was I gave all of my I gave a worksheet, all my tips and then basically just weekly steps on how to find more money, make more money, earn more money. Um, figure out where you're, you know, where you're bleeding money, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I'm adding up all the tallies. I took a bunch of surveys. The goal was to get the group of us to find a million dollars. So I don't even know how close we are because a lot of people haven't filled out the surveys yet. So I'm, I'm tallying it up, but it's really exciting. Um, so it's really exciting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so fivedebttips.com. I'm going to pull it down this week, but you can still get it. And we're going to do it all over again in January because it was so much fun and people just the response I got of what they learned about themselves was fantastic. But you can also go to... No, just- yeah. Well, no matter what that number ends up being too, um, letting the world know in January, like how much money you guys found this time around, especially for yeah. that beginning of the year when all of us are like setting up high expectations for ourselves. Yeah. This yeah. is a very good one that should be prioritized. Yeah, totally. So, and we had prizes. I gave away a couple uh, $150 Amazon gift cards and had some sponsors give away prizes. So it was really, really fun. Um, but also if you go to my website, dannyj.com, just the main opt-in, there is a download for you guys. It's basically the three things that are holding you back from just self-sabotaging. And there's three mantras that I use to help you. One of them is being faithful with the little things, but there's three mantras and you can print them out, put them in little frames, put them on your window, but just to keep your mindset in the right place to make sure you're doing what you need to do. So that's really fun. You can get. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next week. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.